0: If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? Today I have the honor and privilege of speaking with Ben Baker from Richmond, British Columbia in Canada. Ben's company, Your Brand Marketing, assists clients with creating a resilient, living brand in order to engage the client audience and get the client noticed. Some of the ways Your Brand Marketing serves clients is personal brand development. Helping clients understand their brand so they can communicate it more effectively both internally and externally. Auditing brands and communications so that all assets are saying the same thing in the same way in order to communicate value effectively. And assessing corporate brands to provide an understanding if a brand shift is needed. If your company does 5 to 40 million in the business-to-business business arena but can't justify the cost of a full-time Chief Marketing Officer, your brand marketing can become your part-time Chief Marketing Officer. If your marketing budget is 100000 or more, Ben can set up a free one-hour consultation to discuss designing a program that specifically addresses your needs at YourBrandMarketing.com. I've been looking forward to speaking with Ben about his company, his new book, Powerful Personal Brands, a hands-on guide to understanding yours, and why he does what he does every day. Ben, welcome to the Get Up Nation
1: podcast. Ben, thank you very much for having me. It's, it's great being on your show. At a young
2: age, you discovered the power of storytelling. Will you share with GetUp Nation how you first became engaged by the process of telling a story?
1: Yeah, I grew up in the theater business. Um, I was lucky enough from the age of, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old to get involved in professional theater. First as an actor and later behind the scenes dealing with follow-spot operation and lighting board management and building sets. and so I was always involved in the theater business in Vancouver, and that allowed me to constantly be around people that wanted to tell a story and people that wanted to engage others and get people excited about what they did. And it started from there. That's where the buzz really began. As I got older, I realized that where my real true gift was was in sales. was selling things probably – from the time I was 13 and 14 years old. And it was being able to build trust and be able to engage people, getting people to understand what I did and why I did it and how I could help them. And a story just seemed to be the natural way of doing that. I, I probably didn't do it on purpose, but you know what, as you're building your craft, as you're learning how to talk to people and how to get them to understand your value and the value of what you're doing, a story just seemed natural to me. Over the years, I've taken courses, moved from sales into marketing about 22 years ago and realized that my clients, when we were really effective, when we really moved the needle, there was always a story involved. So storytelling has always been part of what I did and how I believed, and I always understood that people remember a story. They may not remember every single word. They may not tell it the same way you do. They may bring different nuances to bear. But you know what? The general gist and the idea is there and the emotion becomes theirs. So when you can transfer the emotion and the excitement from you to the people that you're trying to influence and the people that you're trying to build trust from, they can turn around and they can tell that story to people that they care about and they trust and they're involved with and the story is perpetuated. So that's where the storytelling came in.
2: And you've used the term also living brands. Will you describe what you mean by having a living brand?
1: Yeah, a living brand, is we're human beings, so we're constantly evolving. What we do, how we do it, who we do it for, our offering, why people care about us is is changing, and, and therefore our brand does as well. The basic tenets of what we do. The, the things that we believe in, the, the things that we are willing to fight for, the things that we're willing to fight against may remain steady and strong your entire life, but the brand itself, the nuances of how you communicate that brand will change over time. So that brand has to evolve with the audiences that you're communicating with. It's not going to communicate the same way that you did 30 years ago. You're not going to present your brand the same way that you did 30 years ago because you're going to be seen as old and stodgy. So you have to be constantly looking at saying, how do I make my brand relevant for today's audience? How do I make my brand relevant so that people want to engage with it, people think that it's going to help them and make their lives better? And that's the dynamic change that I'm talking about with the living brand. Who you are as a person or who you are as a company Those things don't tend to change that much. Your belief structure is your belief structure is your belief structure. However, how you present that and how you communicate that will change over the years depending on how your audience changes.
2: On yourbrandmarketing.com, it reads, The world views your brand not as you desire, but as they see value in it based upon what matters to them. Why is it so important for brands to have an accurate understanding of how they are perceived both internally and externally?
1: Because you don't control your brand. In today's world, your brand is controlled by the people who engage with you. I keep using the word engage, but it's probably the best way of dealing with it. Whether it be your internal audience, your your employees, or whether it be your external audience, your customers, how they perceive your brand is what really matters. If you say that I am great at customer service, and you have people on hold constantly for 30 minutes on the phone, you know what, you're not great at customer service. You may believe you're great at customer service, but if your customers don't believe that, it's not true. What really matters is how people perceive you when you're not in the room. You know, when you're not there to defend yourself, when you're not there to articulate the value of your brand yourself, it's how others articulate how they feel about your brand that really matters.
2: You have a passion for storytelling. How does your passion for storytelling invigorate business leaders who have a passion for their product, service, or brand? How does that feed off of each other?
1: Let me give you some examples. We had a company that was lack of a better word. They had lost their position in the marketplace. They were becoming a commodity driven. They were, they were becoming a non-entity in their particular space. And the reason was is that they weren't being able to communicate the value of their message. And people didn't understand the direction that they were going. They perceived them as they were 30 years ago. And where they were 30 years ago was irrelevant today. So hmm. they needed to re- tell their story, they need to rebuild their brand, and actually we ended up going through an entire brand shift. A philosophy change, a logo change, an idea change, a message change, and that needed to be communicated. And it started off with the employees. And these people have employees across Canada. Well, instead of getting everybody on a, on a Skype call or sending out a memo, The president, the vice president, the VP of marketing, and I, and a a team got together, and we flew across the country, and we delivered this message, and this new message as, as a story in every location that they had across Canada. So that way, they were hearing the new message and the new belief and the new ideas directly from the senior management team. And by being able to tell that new story of where we were, where we are, and where we're going, it invigorated the staff, and it invigorated them and gave them a new belief of the direction that the company was going. And with that, that staff was then able to turn around and tell that story externally, and it helped turn around the company.
2: GetUp Nation is all about overcoming adversity through resilience and perseverance. What you're describing seems to be a vital process to really remain
1: resilient it is vital you know for people to understand how to communicate their value because there's too many companies out there that have become commodities either through the fault of their own or the fault of the market that they're in and they've bought into the fact that cheaper is the only method that they can do to survive well Becoming commodity is a race to the bottom. It is, it is the race for people that have no way of communicating their individual value to their customer base. If your customers see that you're valuable, you're no longer commodity. You are a trusted partner. You're somebody that provides value. You're somebody that provides a service that somebody else can't. And there is money to be spent on people like that. Differentiate yourself in a crowd. And the crowding is getting thicker and thicker. You know, it really is. I mean, everybody's shouting from the rooftops. Everybody is saying, look at me. Look how wonderful I am. Look how different I am. But are they truly different? It's the Hmm. companies that can sit there and say, these are truly our strengths. These are our weaknesses. This is who we serve. This is who we don't serve. This is why we're important to the people we serve and craft a message that is designed to speak to that audience. That's how they're going to survive and thrive. Because if you sit there and say, all right, my audience is not everybody. My audience is the people that buy hammers on a Tuesday afternoon with a claw on the back of it. That's it. That's my audience. And there's 10 million people that buy this particular product at this particular time because they have this particular need. Then I'm going to go after those people, and those are the people I want to absolutely love, be passionate about, and I want these people to be passionate about me. If you focus on I'm in the construction industry and I solve construction problems, well, no, you're not speaking to, you know, you're speaking to too wide a base. And when you're speaking to too wide a base, you're not solving a specific issue. When you're not solving a specific issue, you're not valuable.
2: If my research is accurate, your brand marketing focuses on helping businesses who do five to forty million in the business to business arena but can't justify the cost of a full time chief marketing officer, your brand marketing can become a part time chief marketing officer for these companies. If their marketing budget is a hundred thousand dollars or more, you can set up a free one hour consultation to discuss designing a program that meets
1: that company's needs. That is perfect. I couldn't have said it any better myself.
2: Curiosity is your favorite trait. How have you strategically used curiosity to create value for others?
1: Curiosity is what drives me. It is how you are able to craft a great brand story and how you're able to find out what really is the benefit of a company. You know, if people just say, I make widgets, okay, who do you make widgets for? Why do you make these widgets? What brought you to make these particular widgets? What did you make before you made these widgets? Why do people find these widgets of, of value? How do they use these widgets? And how do your widgets versus somebody else's widgets make their life better? When you're constantly digging in, when you're constantly digging in and delving a little bit deeper, not just looking for the the pat answer. I and mean, the pat answer for me is, I'm a marketer, you know, and that's a, that's a three-word sentence, it doesn't really mean anything. But when somebody actually dives in and says, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you mean by that? And what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. If you keep going deeper and deeper, you get down to the root of what people do and why they're passionate about what what they do, then you have a story to tell. And that, it's that curiosity that drives me to to dig really deep into customers and find out what their issues really are. Why are they having communication problems within their company? Why are they not driving sales the way they want? Maybe there's a breakdown between how marketing communicates and how sales communicates, or customer service is not communicating effectively with sales operations. And marketing, there's internal communication issues that can be dealt with as well. When you start looking at companies and say, how do you communicate with each other? How do you make sure that everybody is on the same page and everybody's working towards the same goal? You know, companies all of a sudden get a huge uptick.
2: I love that commitment to going deep and fully understanding it, and, and, and dialoguing about it and not having just a pat answer because that's where real solutions are found. It takes time. And it's not it a, you can't you can't microwave that. That's and it, but it also demonstrates how committed you are to helping that brand succeed. Because initial analysis is not just saw at the survey. You're you're looking at it with a depth of understanding.
1: The other thing is we do is we work a lot under non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. So when you're working under a non-disclosure agreement, people can be open and honest. Mm-hmm. You know when they're not afraid that any information that they give you, which is proprietary, which is their secret sauce. Mm -hmm. is going to go somewhere, they're willing to open up the hood and they're willing to show Mm -hmm. you the engine. It's building that trust. I tell my customers and I tell future customers, if you don't trust me, if you don't think that I am going to work in your best interest and be able to help you move the needle and help you solve problems, work with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I can't fix everybody's problems. I can't do everything for everybody. What I want to do is I want to dive deep and I want to help people get better at what they do and that means a level of trust and that trust has got to come up on both sides
2: can you describe a way you've told a brand story in an engaging way that resulted in customers who were compelled to take action as a result of experiencing the story you told
1: yeah not only on our on our business to business side but we also have a very large government side of business in Canada where we deal a lot with healthcare We deal with tobacco reduction, smoking cessation, alcohol awareness, and drug addiction. I'll give you an idea of a program that we did many years ago because a lot of stuff that we do is is under non-disclosure, I can't say anything, but this program goes back eight or 10 years so I can really talk about it. The city of Edmonton was looking to go smoke-free, so I guess this is, actually this might even be more than a decade ago, and they were terrified about the kickback from the bars. The bars were, were going to be kicking and screaming that all these, you know, all these years they had a, a core group of customers that came in and they drank and they smoked, so it went together very naturally. And what they were worried about is if all of a sudden you couldn't smoke in a bar, nobody was going to come. Hmm. And it was a matter of sitting there going, how do you change the philosophy within the bar? How do you change the culture? And a lot of it came from the fact of gamification, and what we did is we built a story around a gamification, and we created a contest in the bars where there was 36 different coasters, and there was a question on one coaster and an answer on a different coaster, and we took 200,000 of these coasters, and we mixed them up, and we distributed them into bars all around Edmonton over a a a three-and-a-half- or four-month period. and. What we did is we gamified it. Is that there were uh, there was weekly contests and then there was a, a contest at the very end. And those weekly contests were small local prizes, but the big contest was a trip a trip for two to a to a resort in the Bahamas. It was an all exclusive week long trip paid to the Bahamas. But you had to get all 36 questions and all 36 answers, which means that you probably had to go to 15 or 18 bars. Mm-hmm. Over two two and a half months in order to win, so you had a group of people that were tr- looking to win and tr- looking for this trip to. the city. So all of a sudden, you had a whole bunch of non-smoking people that were going to bars and creating habits around trying to win this trip to the Bahamas. And huh. after two and a half or three months of this of thing, we we obviously had a winner. We made the big announcement, but what we noticed is the people who were coming to bars before because they were smoky and and stinky and nobody wanted to be there were the ones that were coming to the bars. And the people that were the smokers were still coming to the bars. At least a lot of them were coming to the bars and realized, okay, I have to go outside to smoke. We can deal with this. And what we did is we we leveled out the curve where we were expecting a 30 to 40 percent dip of uh, patronage in the bars. It actually went up by five to seven percent. Ten years fifteen years later, those bars are now smoke free it's It's a habit it's like not being able to smoke on an airplane. Everybody just does it. Everybody walks on the plane, they have their cigarette before they they get on they they go through security they go to the airport when when they're done they you know they go outside and they have a cigarette. but they know you can't have a cigarette on a plane, and nobody doesn't fly because they can't smoke and, and that's reality It's the same thing. People go to the bars now and they realize okay, we have to smoke outside. And it was just being able to change the culture and change the message and change the story to be able to allow an industry not to fail because of a go- government ultimatum and a, and a change in the law. So it's working with you know, government, working with industry to make make things better.
2: That really is a testament to the power of storytelling, to the power of your company. Now, your new book is called Powerful Personal Brands, A Hands-On Guide to Understanding Yours. Why is it important for you to write the book?
1: Well, it's Powerful Personal Brands, a hands-on guide to understanding yours. The reason I went through this is because I do a lot of mentoring at the university level. At a couple of the different universities up here, we go in three or four times a year, and we teach people how to network. We teach people interview skills and things like that. And what we realized was that there was a lack of skill. There was a lack of ability to be confident in yourself and to be able to tell your story and I started looking around and I started looking at sales organizations I started looking at leadership organizations. I started talking to a bunch of people and said they're going, "Is this a skill that that is severely diminished over the years?" And the answer was yes, and so what I wanted to do was I wanted to write a workbook and it's about two hundred pages. And the book is designed that has a whole bunch of scenarios, a whole bunch of case studies, a whole bunch of stories. And at the end of each chapter, there is a question with two or three pages where you can write your answer in it. And so it's, it's designed to get you thinking about who you were, who you are, and who you want to be. It's designed for leaders and future leaders. It's designed for sales executives, and it's designed for people entering the workforce To be able to understand and codify their own powerful personal brand and be able to communicate it in ways that people are going to listen, understand, and engage with. It's going to be available in about six weeks, probably about July 1st. You're going to be able to see first remnants of it on my website, www.yourbrandmarketing.com. There will be a section there. And as soon as we have it listed on Amazon, I will have a direct there where people can pre-order the book either in Kindle format or in hard copy as well.
2: And then, will you also tell me a little bit about your Living Brand Live? It's live on Facebook every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, correct?
1: Yeah. It's what it is. It's a, a show that we put on once a week. I'm not doing it live anymore. We're we're recording the show because we find that our we find that our guests, when we tell them they have to show up at 10 o'clock in the morning and be prepared, sometimes it's <laughs> 10:02, sometimes it's 10:15. Sure. So. We've started pre-recording it and launching it at 10 o'clock in the morning on every Wednesday. But what the show is about is every company is unique. Every company has their own story to tell. Every company has something that makes them different, and they communicate with their audience in a special way. What's your story? June 7th was my one-year anniversary, and what we came up with is is the idea that every single week we interview a different company, and a different person and we wanna find out what makes them special and unique. And it's about 25 or 30 minutes and it tells their story. So at the end of going through 15, 20, 30, now 50 episodes, you really get a dearth of how different people think and how different people react and act. And it's the culmination of knowledge that makes it valuable. It's not any particular interview. It's the combination of all the different interviews together that sit there and say, wait a second, here's a nugget that's going to work for me. I I walk away every single week with one nugget, but it's it's looking at it as a whole that allows people to really change the needle.
2: Your company makes a point of volunteering in your community. At yourbrandmarketing.com, you describe some of the mentorship activities you participate in and some of the charities that mean a lot to you, such as Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Richmond Food Bank. Ronald McDonald House and the British Columbia Children's Hospital Foundation, and there's more. Why do you make a point of doing that?
1: I believe that every person and every every company is part of the community that they live in. And our success is built upon people within our community having trust in us and, and faith in us. And... It's up to us as a community and as businesses and as people to be able to pay that forward. There are people out there that need our help, that need a hand up, not a hand out. And the more I can provide a hand up and be able to make people's lives just a little bit better, those people will turn around and they will make somebody else's lives a little bit better. And if I can make my corner a little bit better, hopefully they can make somebody else's corner a little bit better. My philosophy is that if you can give a little bit, if we all give a little bit, we can change the world. Excellent.
2: I always end the show with six quick questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six questions with you me? You
1: betcha. Let's go for it.
2: Who are you thankful for today?
1: Today I am thankful for my buddy who's one of my biggest cheerleaders. She, just before the show, she came on and, and just you know told me to have a phenomenal week. So I am thankful for today. What are you thankful for today? I am thankful for the opportunity for a brand new week. You know, today, today is the start of a brand new week. Every week is full of opportunity. I never know what's going to come down the pipe, but I love the fact that there's opportunity ahead of me.
2: How do you fuel the fire
1: within you? Fuel it in a bunch of different ways. Being on shows like this is the way that fuels the fire. Writing is the way that fuels the fire. Uh, recording, video records the fire. Watching my customers succeed fuels my fire. Watching my family succeed and thrive fuels the fire. It is all about helping people be the best that they can be.
2: And what was one thing that adversity has taught you to value?
1: The biggest adversity in my life was a car accident that I was in five years ago. I spent four years dealing with the legal system and medical and, and all the stuff that went along with it. And and I'm better for it now, but what it's taught me is life is precious, life is short, don't sweat the small stuff, most of life is the small stuff, and do the best with what you have.
2: What are you doing today you never thought you could?
1: What I'm doing today that I never thought I could is I'm writing a book, you know, is that my book is is almost out the door, and I, I never in a million years thought I would be writing a book and it never was something that was a was a passion of mine. Here I am just about to hit go on a 200 page book that I'm I'm hoping is going to change somebody's life. What will you do tomorrow
2: that you never thought you could?
1: What am I going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm going to meet somebody I've never seen before and I'm going to talk to them about something I never thought I would talk to them about and you know what it's the opportunity it's not knowing what's around the corner that's the exciting part
2: then how can people learn more about you and your brand marketing
1: people can always find me at www.yourbrandmarketing.com or they can find me through ben baker speaks they find me through ben baker speaks where i do all my workshops my keynote speaking your brand marketing is the consulting side of the business and what we do is we help people build brands, we help people communicate their brands effectively, whether it's personal or business, we'd love to come out and talk to you. Ben, thank you for your time here. All right, thank you very much for that. You have an absolutely wonderful day.
0: If you or your organization offer more than just a commodity, but an experience of catharsis, partnership, and service, if you or your organization have a story to tell, Reach out to Ben Baker at yourbrandmarketing.com and Get Up Nation. Let's share our stories of success, hope, and resilience. Let's work together to move forward and upward out of our adversity into not only a brilliant future, but a spectacular present.